Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. there. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. This is the second to last episode of this season of the podcast. So if you're playing along at home, (laughs) listening in, we'll have one more after this. I have loved talking with you this way this season. It's been really fun to have these conversations and to hear back from you about what you're enjoying. And I am going to walk my talk a little bit about what we've been discussing very often this season, which is really, you know, listening to your body, giving yourself opportunities to rest and integrate what's happening in your life. So I am going to take the summer off and I will be back after the summer for season three. So I'm really looking forward to that, already kind of cooking on some ideas. But before I really get into it, I wanted to get your input. So I have a quick survey that I would just love for you to appreciate. It will for sure take you less than five minutes. It'll probably take you less than two minutes just to give me a little bit of feedback about what you'd be interested in hearing more about in season three. So Like I said, we have one more episode after this, this season, and I will be giving you some things you can do over the summer to stay connected, catch up on past episodes of the podcast, etc. But for now, if you wouldn't mind, you can find the link for the survey in the show notes, and I would really appreciate your input. Thank you. All right, so what I want to talk to you about today is a recent experience that I had around my yoga teacher training. So this training is a 200-hour training for people who are wanting to become yoga teachers. It's just a really great journey um, filled with so many personal and group insights into the practice and teaching of yoga. I never know exactly where it's going to take us, um, but it's always a, a, a journey for sure. So I have been doing this for a little while now. This is my sixth group that I have led. And in the month leading up to our first in-person meeting, I could feel the excitement, the anxiety, the dread building a month before. And dread is a little strong, but it has nothing to do with the students. It just has to do with how I feel when I am doing something new. And like I said, though, this is not an entirely new experience to me. Having a new group, you know, there's always that getting started feeling that comes um with me. And if you've been listening in along this season of the podcast, you know that I have a penchant for dress rehearsing disaster, (laughs) as Brene Brown calls it, um, convincing myself that everyone is going to hate everything, that it's all going to be terrible. Um, Waking up with my teeth feeling sore after grinding my teeth all night, you know, Anna's Greatest Hits 2016. (laughs) Really, Anna's Greatest Hits of Life, but, um, you know, showing their face in 2016. So I can't tell you how many times recently I have heard people say how closely fear and excitement feel in the body. Like the physical embodied experience of them is very, very similar. 
And I actually was talking to Nick about this um, a few weeks ago, and I said, sometimes I can't even tell the difference in my body between anxiety and excitement. And that was a really potent moment when I was like, oh, I think sometimes I interpret them as each other, um, and that sometimes they're very, they're more closely related than I would think. So one person who I heard talking about this recently is Caroline Paul on the great podcast Design Matters. She was being interviewed about her book, The Gutsy Girl, Escapades for Your Life of Epic Adventure, (laughs) Um, which sounds like a really great book. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list, even though it's really targeted at girls like ages 9 to 12. (laughs) I thought it sounded really cool. Um, So I'm going to check it out. I like that idea of gutsiness. And I think that that's really true, that feeling in the body. And, you know, as I was noticing this anxiety, this excitement, the combination of the two unfolding, I realized that this is one of the first times that I have seen the process happening in real time, so to speak. Now, of course, I've been living the process in real time all along, but seeing it and being able to name it is a horse of a different color for sure. So I don't know what happened. I guess I just filled up my cosmic punch card of noticing. (laughs) I don't know what. Um, But for some reason, I was able to notice the pattern so clearly that I was able to move into action. And generally, that is not true. I am for sure not noticing it in the moment. Like maybe later, I'll be like, oh, here's what was happening. Um, But usually in the moment, I'm just like, you know, a panicked little mess (laughs) on the corner of my couch. Uh, But this time I was like, okay, I know that this is what happens to me when I try something new, like I said earlier, or I'm just starting a new iteration of something that I have done before. And that doesn't mean that I am broken or that something is wrong with me as I long suspected for such a long time. Um, It's also not a sign that everything is going to fall apart. Um, I personally am always looking for my life and signs, looking for signs in my life. And you know what? I call it wrong a lot of the time. (laughs) I think that I am more and more in tune with my body and able to read situations clearly as they are unfolding. But doing this sort of, does it mean this? Does it mean that? What does it mean? You know, all of that kind of interpretation is usually just, you know, kind of a long shot. (laughs) I'm just, you know, pulling out of thin air, wanting to make sense or control the uncontrollable in my life. I don't know if you can relate to that, but (laughs) I definitely can. So I was just thinking to myself, you know, this is my process. I know I'm not alone in this process of feeling nervous slash excited um, about things that are coming up. And I don't think I was even noticing it necessarily because I have done this yoga teacher training six times, though, you know, that's part of it. It's hard to notice the pattern sometimes when it's brand new, but this is not a pattern that's exclusive to this one particular thing. It's a pattern along how I really, really to many new things, like I mentioned. So because I noticed that pattern, I was able to move into action a little bit this time. So as things were going on, I found myself thinking, not, oh, look at me, I'm being human, how cute. Instead, I was thinking, 
how can I get rid of this feeling? <laughs> I didn't want to feel it. So I knew the pattern. This is so me, I feel, which is also so human, <laughs> although I didn't find it cute at the moment. Um, I was just like, okay, well, I've learned that lesson, so now I don't have to feel it anymore. Uh, wrong. <laughs> I still had to feel it, even though I knew what was happening, maybe even more so. So in addition to how closely those uh, feelings feel in the body, another thing that I've heard about fairly often the past few years is how if you just feel your feelings, then they will pass through you in 90 seconds. That we feel, that we spend a lot more time not feeling them, resisting them, coming up with stories around them, asking other people if we're feeling them, you know, just like really spending a lot of time kind of thinking about them, avoiding them, etc. when if we would just let ourselves feel it, we would be surprised at how quickly they would move through the body. And that's not to say that you'll never feel it again or that you'll be sort of over whatever situation is happening, but just that things shift in the body when we let ourselves feel it. And I heard that first from Jill Bolte-Taylor, who has this incredible TED Talk about her experience having a stroke as a neuroanatomist who studied strokes. And I'll link to that in the show notes if you haven't watched it. Um, It came out a few years ago. So what I discovered myself around that is that feeling my feelings doesn't do what I always secretly feared. It doesn't make the negative things that I was thinking about come true nor does it trap me with those feelings for life. (laughs) What happens is something else entirely. What happens is I notice what's going on. And I know that might sound sort of simple, but let me say a little bit more. Some of you may be familiar with the idea, the phrase, be here now from Ram Dass. Um, There's a book by that name and people will, you know, I've heard a lot of people mention it kind of as a, I don't know, sort of a mindfulness flashpoint phrase kind of thing. And I have talked in previous episodes of this podcast about how having mantras, affirmations, intentions, whatever you want to call it, even very short-term ones help me. They just give me a little bit of focus, something to anchor into. But for whatever reason, Be Here Now has never worked particularly well for me. I don't know why exactly. I don't think it's anything too complicated. Um, I don't know. There's something about it that feels a little bossy to me. (laughs) And if you've been listening in, you know how I love to rebel against rules. So um, I'm sure that that's not the intention and that it is instead my projection. But, you know, I'm human. Projection happens. (laughs) So as I was rolling that along in my mind, thinking about Um, be here now and how it wasn't exactly right, another little phrase rolled into my mind, which was be right here. So very closely related. And you know, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit bossy too, (laughs) but it was bossy in a way that worked for me that I didn't want to push against. I think there's something in the shift from the more time-based perspective, be here now to location-based perspective be right here that worked for me and there was something very rooted in my body that responded to be right here as soon as it came into my mind as soon as I said it to myself it just pulled me right into the moment 
I felt myself very clearly where I was seated on the couch, feet in contact with the ottoman, holding my breath as I usually do when I'm feeling anything really, but especially when I'm feeling stressed. Jaw tight, of course, that was a given. I just felt everything. It was like, whoosh, I came right back into my body and I had been away from it. And when I felt everything, I realized right here, everything is okay. Right here, I'm not in the middle of teaching. Right here, nothing terrible is happening. Right here, I'm just sitting on my couch worrying. The end of it. I didn't have to pre-plan the worst. I could just be right here. So I did. I just sat there for a moment and in so doing, shook off the way my mind had run away from me. And it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't enlightenment. It wasn't some bliss-filled moment. There weren't like sunbeams coming out of my eyes. I wasn't floating by on a rainbow. I was just right here on my couch breathing. And you know what? That was enough. If this sounds interesting to you, give it a whirl. See what it's like to be right here. If you notice yourself dwelling on the past, ruminating on the future, or otherwise not being present, and let's be honest, it's not hard to find an example of one of those. I feel like we're, um, many of us, almost always in one of those um, different iterations of our mind. Bring that little phrase in and see what happens. Be right here. I'd be interested to find out. If you try it, you can let me know in the show notes. So let's close with one breath together. We'll inhale and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on.